Hey everybody, it's Martin Kessler. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Fitness, the show that covers science and technology in and around fitness and health in just a few minutes. Run when you can, walk if you have to, crawl if you must, just never, never give up. Is our motivational quote for today's show and comes from Dean Kanazis, who is one heck of an ultramarathon runner and certainly among the fittest man on the planet, I believe. Dean runs marathons before breakfast and that's just his training run. And he once ran for three days and nights without stopping a single time. Without a doubt, his persistence has been a major key to his success. Today's guest on 20 Minute Fitness took some of this persistence and made it his own. Carol von Appeldorn, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is not a professional athlete by any means. No, he's an entrepreneur and dad who's discovered running amidst the pandemic. And boy, he really took to it. Carol has been running nearly every day for an hour since the beginning of the pandemic. In this episode, we will talk about what motivates him to get out of bed early in the morning to go out running every single day, how he's been training and keeping track of his progress, what he's been learning so far and what other useful habits he has established since. Even if you're not into running at all, you're bound to pick up some potentially life-changing advice from Cal's journey to greatness today. It's a little over an hour, but trust me, you will find it's well worth your time. Support for 20 Minute Fitness comes from Nuzest, the premium plant-based protein company, and of course, ShapeScale, the 3D body tracker. For a limited time only, you can get a 10-serving canister of the clean lean protein from Nuzest for only $14.99 plus free shipping. Simply head to nuzest.us slash 20min. That's nuzest.us forward slash 20min, 20min. All right, on to the show. Hi, Carol. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a, it's a real pleasure. And I've known you now for quite some years as entrepreneur behind a few successful businesses, having spent nearly 20 years in China. And of course, you've also been one of Skill's earliest supporters. And last year, it seems you changed quite a few things in your life. You became a business and life coach. And you really took to running. So you're, you're now running like 50 miles a week. And that's like, what, 80-something yeah. kilometers? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, I heard from you that you're closing in on your sub-90-minute half marathon time. And I think you might run like sub-20 minutes for your 5K, which yeah. is quite incredible at your age of 49. Yeah, what motivated yeah, yeah, this massive yeah. change? You know, it's very interesting. So it started last year uh, at the start of COVID. During Chinese New Year, the family, we, we all went to Australia. We planned to be there for a week and midweek, COVID broke <coughs> and we end up staying in Australia. And we were at a beautiful place near uh, the ocean and it was just just stunning place. My wife is the head of school here in Shanghai and was transitioning the school from offline to online. We also have uh, at that time a three-year-old. And so I was in charge of taking care of her. And that stay in Australia one week lasted a total of seven weeks. And I was I was like two weeks in and I was preparing everything for my daughter. It's like as a good parent, you 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 make you try to make the best of the situation. And it was mentally extremely demanding. 
because he didn't want to do the, the online school. I mean, he's three years old, so what can you expect? Yeah. But at the same time, you just wonder, like, how we're going to do this? And I felt mentally really, really drained and, and, and cornered because I, I obviously my wife had no other opportunity to do what she had to do. And there were a little bit of uh, time zone differences between uh, Sydney and Shanghai. So and she is she's a person that just wants to do a good job and just work seven days a week. And so I was, it's, it sounds strange maybe, but obviously I felt a little stuck in the situation and I a few months before in December I joined a community from Tom Bilyeu Impact Theory and I already connected with the idea that no matter what I'm gonna do if I can't get the mindset right it's not gonna happen and like you mentioned I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and I, I've seen all the ups and downs and uh, and I felt like I was um, crawling out of a ditch again then so it started with the idea that mindset is key. It is worth the investment. Then through that community, I got to know the work of uh, David Goggins. And that ignited my running. So I started running initially when I was in my 20s. And that was very much motivated by the fact that my father was a runner and athlete and was always bragging about his numbers and whatever. And so I felt at that time, okay, I can do that too. I'm going to tick that box. But it was very externally motivated. So last year, February, I read David Goggins, Conquered, and it just clicked with me. It was like, there is no excuse. I was so tired of the idea of being mediocre that I, I, I in that moment, I felt like, okay, I have to take care of my daughter, but I'm going to wake up every day at 6 a.m. And I have one hour to myself and I'm just going to run. And so uh, while reading Can't Hurt Me and being motivated by David's story about just pushing through whatever pain comes your way, I just started. And I decided, and it was just a decision to no matter what, show up every day and doing it. And so this is how I got started. And the scenery really helped me because it was so beautiful there. And I got so much out of running along the ocean every day. And then from the pure belief that when I was, it was not an if, but it was just a when I was able to crack this one code, this, this, this single focus for my day was running. And, and for the rest, everything was about, that was the idea. I'm committing to running nothing else with the belief that that single commitment and discipline would spill over in other areas of my life and and it did so that's how i actually got started with running again after an absence of of so many years and so many excuses and what was it like at that time i mean like what was like your physical fitness and i guess just like david goggins he also was at some point really overweight and really had to get into a tip-top shape to get into the Navy seats because that was his yep. goal. But the training is incredibly tough. He initially didn't think he could do it, but then he set himself that goal and he worked really hard towards it. Yeah. And managed to do it. No, I, I, I wasn't in too, <clears throat> too bad of a shape. I'm uh, six foot three and I was uh, roughly 
you know, 200 pounds and or maybe a little bit below, but it was, I was not totally out of shape, but there was nothing. I mean, mentally, I felt I was totally out of shape and, and, and that also translated in my, in my actions. And how, how did that happen then? Like what, what kind of state of mind did that daily hour of running put you into? That, that, that was, I just learned a few things. It put me in my state of mind was self care is number one. No matter what, I cannot negotiate in self care anymore. Because in the past, I would have negotiated that. I would negotiate with myself or with priorities of other people. And I got into the mindset of I am not going to negotiate anymore around doing the things that make me feel good. Because it's very easy to get totally caught up in other people's priorities and, and stuff that doesn't really matter. So that was that was really the mindset. Absolutely, 100%. At that point, what was like your goal? Was was your goal just to run at least an hour a day? And how long did you keep that up? Yeah, I just, <laughs> I started to never stop. So I can tell you that at one point I had, a, I think, 69 or 70 day streak without missing a beat, run every day. Wow, so, incredible. And, and, and that is crazy. And that's what I know by now. But yes, I did that because I was so determined. And the interesting aspect here is you ask me like, what, what, what were your goals initially? And initially, my goal was just to do it an hour every day. And it was a little bit of uh, up and down terrain. So it was, I would run between 8K and, uh, and 10K. That was it. You know, seven, seven to 10 in the beginning. And I did set myself very early on that goal is sub 90 minutes. And I have to be honest here that it was motivated by my father because he never did that. He was never able to accomplish that. He did like 50 half marathons and whatever, but he never got to that. So right. um, there, there, there is obviously still a little bit of external motivation here. Yeah, it's good motivation. But, but, you know, sometimes a chip on your shoulder can be very beneficial if you, if you use it in, 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 in the proper way. And I, and I think for me, it really transitioned from external motivation to reconnecting with myself and learning that the running was actually not about me competing with my dad, but it was just my number one self-care habit that has always been there, but I didn't know it was there. How did that evolve over time? I mean, fast forward, eventually you got back to China and yep. kept up with the running, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I came back, I, uh, I bought a of a semi semi-professional treadmill and and a spinning bike and it was just every day i would i, I, I would alternate sometimes or, or or many days i would actually do both i would uh, i subscribed to peloton at the time and i would just crank it out every day and sometimes here in the summer it can be super hot it can be can be 95 100 or over 100 and I would just keep on doing it. And it was just, yeah, it, it, it was just, I connected with the short-term benefits. And so sometimes we think in terms of, oh, it's a sub-90 minute goal. That's kind of the, 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 the big, hairy uh, objective. But I connected with the fact that it made me feel great about myself every single day I would do it. And I would do it early in the morning because I learned that doing it early in the morning versus later in the day was paying dividend in a way that I would be able to carry that that, that great feeling into anything 
I was doing that. And still, yeah, it's the same like that for me. It really elevates your overall happiness, energy levels. You know, there were like some studies done, and uh, you know, like for a long time, people believed it was endorphins, but actually, something like yeah, actually endocannabinoids, which are really giving us that feeling of pleasure. Yeah, science is still not quite clear why you know that originates from running, but it's like this incredible feeling, right? Very few uh, things can really give you that. And totally. If, if you do it like late in the evening, you're gonna have a completely different mindset, right? You're gonna be like already a little bit tired, sluggish, and you know it's not gonna give you that energy boost like it would give you in the morning. And on the flip side, actually, it could actually heat up your body, it would elevate your heart rate, and it would really make it difficult to fall asleep uh, in the evening. Yep, totally. So, all the, all the more reasons to actually do it in the morning. Um, so, so good for you that you kept that up. And how how did how did like your routine change over time? And now um, eventually you also got yeah. a running coach. Like yeah, when did that correct. happen? And did you change up your routine before that? I'm just curious, like how that looked like for you. Okay, so let's let's first quickly talk about the running coach. Uh, the running coach, I was pure coincidence bumped into somebody and turned out to be a running coach. We connected on a personal level it was october last year and instantly i said like yes this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take my running to the next level so prior to that it was me just pushing 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 without really understanding what i was doing and so in hindsight what did that look like like pushing pushing like you were trying to run faster or like longer yeah Yeah, longer and faster every day and it was just crank it out seven days a week uh, and and yes I, I i sometimes took a day off but in essence i i thought like i have to run every day and that's not not really beneficial i knew that but then at the same time there were also the uh, dopamine release and all that stuff that we just talked about the, the, the feeling good kept me doing that. but i wanted to level up because i was really intrigued by the idea of what can i can i still accomplish at age 49 how far can I take this? And I didn't want to get my own PhD in in uh, in running. So yeah, the, the second best thing is, or maybe the best thing is to work with uh, with a professional coach. So he put me on a training schedule. Initially, it was uh, we went back from uh, seven days a week to five days a week, and currently we're at six days a week, and just the runs become longer. And, uh, and more intense. And that's five or six days of your running, or does it involve yeah. some other exercise as well? Only running. Got it. Only running. I did last summer. I used an app called Keep Trainer with basically free bodyweight exercises, which is which is great, great resource for people to use. And I, um, you can do their programs, and that was very beneficial as well. But then my work started to take up more of my time, and I zoned in on rum running and and that's what i've been doing ever since and how did the program change like maybe maybe you can also tell us what were like the things that you were doing wrong before you had a coach i mean like i i, I was um, i didn't do all the interval type of work the speed work um the different um, i didn't run with data, specific data points other than and just duration and calories burned and using my iWatch for that purpose to, to track that. And a little bit little bit of, uh, of speed, but not that much. So as soon as I started running with the coach, I, I bought the, the stride pod. 
I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I used to stride myself. Uh, I mean, yeah. running power is amazing, but also yeah. cadence is an incredible metric. Yeah, correct. So we started to hone in on those things. We started to look at the power to to heart rate ratios at a whole. So it became much more technical. And and so my coach really designed a program where I have currently, just to give you an idea, Monday off, Tuesday recap, on Wednesday today, I have an, an, an intense run. Today, it's going to be uh, 45 minutes at uh, 345 watts with a warm-up and a cool-down. And just those the 10-minute warm-ups, even Andrew Huberman um, talked about it in his uh, Huberman Lab uh, Neuroscience podcast, how important it is for the body, especially when you want to release growth hormone, which is feels to the body as an additional uh, night of sleep. If you want to do that, you need to warm up and cool down uh, properly. So those things got integrated. Then tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I will do another recuperation run. Then on Friday, I will do maybe some some sprint work on on Saturday another recap run and on Sunday a long run so that's basically the, the basic schedule so the recap runs are are all the same pretty much it is it is relatively low pace for me so we're looking at heart rates maybe between the the 130 140 and then on the on the intense stuff for me i bring it up to 160 and and sometimes when it's all out to uh, 180 and and the power is uh, for me on my 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 low runs it's uh, you know, around 3.20 and it becomes really intense. So my marathon uh, race pace is, uh, is around 3.50 and my critical power is 3.63. And then when we do sprint work, you know, sometimes I take it over 400, uh, 420 when it's really all out intense. So That's before I did, um, for, for a kilometer, right? Just for our listeners. So it's what it's what oh, it's what it's, yeah it's what so my what? kilometer so my race pace what i'm aiming for is four minutes and 15 for a kilometer to be able to complete the half marathon sub 90 minutes my fastest kilometer is three minutes and 40 seconds so yeah that's uh, so i didn't know all that before so with the coach it became much more data driven yeah now you can actually see uh really like how much you exert yourself for, for yeah. your, your heart rate you're totally looking to increase that number basically yeah so so the idea is uh, i'm currently reading uh, the oxygen advantage and so one of the ideas is that you uh, you up your your level at which you're still uh, aerobic and so the, so the next level up is besides intensifying the, the running training is also working on my breathing to be able to do that. And what's like a good breathing method? A good breathing method is breathing through the nose. And I'm practicing that in my recap runs right now. So I last Sunday did a half marathon, you know, one hour 50. So it's a relatively slow pace for me, but I didn't open my mouth at all. So it was all breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. That seems to be, based on science, the way to breathe. And and I'm going to take that to the next level also by applying one of the suggestions uh, in the book and it's basically mouth taping at night when you sleep. So you're basically, you force yourself to to breathe through your nose all the time. And, yeah, and there have been like all kinds of mouth tapes now on Amazon you can actually buy. Yeah. Yeah. 
likely to become a phenomenon ever since thing, yeah. uh, James Nestor came out with his book. Regret. Yeah, yeah. And actually, this book is uh, The Oxygen Advantage is by Patrick McKeough, and he is uh, he is a scientist who have been working in this field for, for the last uh, 20, 25 years. So right. there's a lot in there also specifically for runners. So I can definitely uh, recommend research. I mean, I think for athletes in general and, and people that, that want to live the healthiest, best possible life. I think it's definitely some something worth your time and effort to look into and optimize. Do you also join competitions like official half marathon races? I don't know, during COVID, it's maybe a bit more limited, but again, the situation might be completely different in China. So. The situation here is completely different. Three weeks ago, there was uh, the Shanghai half marathon. 6,000 people participated in this to a point that those events are so popular that there's kind of a lottery system and I wasn't, uh, <laughs> I, w I didn't get uh, a ticket to, to join. So what I did was the official marathon, half marathon started at 7 a.m. and I went out in about at 5.30 and did it myself. So that's always an option. <laughs> Indeed. And then what was your time then? Uh, actually, that time I it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I didn't go for time because oh, okay. I was running with the, I was running with the client actually. And I'm, I'm like you said in the intro, I'm also a, this uh, is a life coach and one of my clients had a, had a running goal and I helped him achieve that. So uh, that morning we did that, but my, my best time is now 132. 35 seconds. So I'm two minutes and 36 seconds away from uh, uh, accomplishing my uh, my first goal that I set last year. Yeah, that's incredibly close. And what what is like the next race, or when is it ready um, for? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I just talked about that with my with my coach. But the weather here is getting really hot, so it is really not the optimal situation yeah. for racing. So what we actually discussed was that we're going to pick something in the fall and and use the training this summer, which is going to be brutal with uh, with the heat, to really get in peak state to crush it right now. Uh, the Sprite app indicates now that uh, I would be able to do it in 128 plus or minus two minutes. So I should be, uh, be able uh, to do it already. But I can see that if I uh, focus on, uh, on, on, on training uh, throughout this summer, that in the fall, I'm just going to crush that, that goal uh, and, uh, and come in significantly under, under 90 minutes. And um, so, other than your, than your race goal for the half marathon, do you have yeah. any other related performance or perhaps health goals? I mean, like running is my number one self-care habit. And... You asked me earlier, so what has changed also in your routines? A few things that I do want to mention that I think for the listeners can also be inspiring and useful and are basically very simple ideas is um, tomorrow starts tonight. And basically what I changed is I go to bed right now at 8.30, 9 o'clock latest. So that's something I changed and really How does helped that compare me. like to your, to your previous habit? I, I mean, I would... In, uh, in, the, in the peak days of, uh, of uh, my, my business work, I would pull all-nighters all the time. I wouldn't sleep at all. I would sleep four hours a night, maybe. I was constantly in this, this mode of needing to catch up. And so you don't perform in the morning or you procrastinate or something. 
late, uh, don't get done what needs to get done. And then I was always in this compensation mode. And I totally turned that around by saying, like, I'm not going to compensate anymore. I'm just going to focus on energy. And energy is basically sleep, exercise, and nutrition. And when I can get those three things totally dialed in, I will be in peak state and will be able to do my work much better. So that was a huge change. Understanding that by winning the evening, I was setting myself up for success the next day. And that's a formula that works every day for me. There's no yeah. single day where that is not working. Yeah, I can so, totally relate to that. I mean, I, I used to be in a, in a similar habit, though. I was probably sleeping, I don't know, six hours a day and you wouldn't actually feel it. But, you know, like you would have, you know, definitely not the same level of productivity. And once you actually switch to a routine where, I don't know, you get like around eight hours of sleep, uh, that needs to be the sweet spot for me, but it varies, of course, from person to person nine hours but yeah i mean like you really feel it throughout the day you want to have much at more elevated energy levels and you don't have to cheat through your day using caffeine which really just gets you in that um, vicious cycle of where you have yeah. to drink more and more caffeine to stay awake and alert um, and, and then it prevents you from actually falling asleep so <laughs> totally. it's a really dangerous route to take totally and it's unbelievable how simple and at the, t at the same time i've always wondered why and like, what made me actually not realize that before? Because it seems so obvious in hindsight. Because I, I think for, for a long time, there used to be almost like a cult around business leaders and entrepreneurs proclaiming like how little they sleep, how much they get done. And, and truth be said, there's always something that you can get done, right? I mean, like an entrepreneur will yeah. always find some things to work on, but it may not be always the best use of your time. And it may come at a, at a, at a cost, you know, a toll, particularly yeah. your health by actually sacrificing your sleep. And that takes another yeah. toll in terms of your productivity, creativity, and, and the quality of, of your work, I think. Totally. And I think, you know, part of what happened then, like 2020, it was Breath from James Nestor that came out. But in 2017, it was 2018, it was uh, Matthew Walker's uh, Why We Sleep. And I think reading that, understanding the importance, and getting context around like the real impact that sleep deprivation has based also of the science made, made me quickly look at it differently. 100%. Yeah. I mean, uh, listeners, if you haven't read Why We Sleep Yet by Matthew Walker, Matthew Walker, exactly. You should definitely do so <laughs> because it's really eye opening. To some extent, it's, it's controversial, but I, I hear he's coming out with uh, some, some changes to the book soon. So I'm looking forward to actually read that as well. Yeah. So the whole thing. So back to the routine again. I really started to focus on the fundamentals. And then with the belief that when you take care of the fundamentals, it's like uh, the Tim Ferriss idea with the dominoes. Yeah? It's lining up the dominoes. And I, I personally have experienced that when I take care of the fundamentals, those are the first dominoes that need to be lined up. And they will create this cascade of power and energy that helps me do the things I want to do in my life at a significantly higher and more efficient level. And um, what would you say is your success protocol then? I mean, besides sleep okay. and taking care of yourself, what are like the things you do on a daily basis to ensure your prolonged success? Yeah. Okay. So uh, 
uh, like I said, it's um, it's taking care. It's going to bed on time. Prior to that, so it's about eating early because uh, eating late that will affect also your ability to sleep. So it's eating relatively early, maybe 6 p.m. on an ideal day, digital sunset. So that means no tech devices an hour before I go to sleep. Go to sleep early between 8.30 and 9. Wake up ideally at 4 a.m. Then when I look at my energy, my work, and relationship-wise, I have three goals that I set for myself. And I try, I aim to knock them off my list before 9 a.m. And that means like with energy is I do my run early in the morning. With work, the first sort of block of deep work from from 4 to 5.30 is studying because I'm always um, developing, gaining more knowledge, either as a as a coach. I, I train with a school in Melbourne and I'm also participating in an uh, a program from Brian Johnson called Optimize Me. And so I study early in the morning and then I spend about, depending on the situation, half an hour to, to an hour with my daughter before she goes to school. And doing these things before 9 a.m., then, then basically I can't lose anyone in the day. And so I also, that, that gives me a sense of accomplishment early on. And that's basically it. It's controlling what Brian Johnson calls my PM bookend and my AM bookend. And, 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 and that's just a game changer. And then being very intentional, single focused when I work, I aim to eliminate as many as distractions I can. I have a personal history with, I'm, I'm diagnosed with ADD. This has been very challenging for me. Great book, by the way, for listeners who are uh, dealing with that, because especially in the in the uh, startup ecosystem, it happens a lot with founders that their their traits of ADHD, ADD. Can highly recommend. Recently being published, the ADHD 2.0 by LOL and Retty. Great book as a follow up of uh, Driven to Distraction that was being written 24 years ago that basically changed my life. So that's it. That's really it. In, and, and, and then there are some nuances to it, but controlling the, the PM, controlling the AM and being have a single target focus during the day, what I'm working on. That's just, that's, that's my, my recipe for a, a masterpiece day every day. I, I love that. I, I can see you're very deliberate about your day. There's a lot of planning that goes already into it, uh, you know, from the evening yep. of the day before, right? That's yep. how you set yourself up for success because. Totally. Mature that way, you get the most important things done before 9 a.m. And that's setting you up for success. I mean, for, for also that feeling, like you said, of accomplishment. And that's going to fire you up for the remainder of the day. Totally. Sure, that way, you can look back at any day wondering, like, what, what the hell you've done with your day. Yeah. Being quite yeah. successful right in the morning. Correct. Um, and I use, I use a uh, journal. It's called uh, Today Well Spent. And, and so the night before, in, in the, the journal, has, a, a day has two pages. And it's one sort of a timeline. And I plan everything, what I'm aiming for, on one side of the timeline. And then I have a little bit of space on the other side of the timeline if things change. So I have my intention. And then I have sort of my reality. I start off with, with 
gratitude. It requires me to write down gratitude. It requires me to be conscious about how much time I spend between waking up and getting digital inputs. It helps me defining. So every day I define my number one energy, work, and relationship goal. And then the interesting thing is it also comes with a small dashboard that allows you to rank, to rate the following four parameters, which is priority, attention, energy, and mood. And I'm somebody who's had multiple episodes of deep depressions in my life, uh, burnouts, the whole thing. And I can't help that for the longest time, my mood is five out of five. I, I, I really don't have like a bad day anymore. And an interesting thing is I worked seven years with the Hallowell Center. So with Ed Hallowell's, the guy who wrote the book in uh, 24 years ago, Harvard professor. Seven years, I worked with a psychologist there, phenomenal lady in San Francisco. Her name is uh, Gabriella Anderson. I can highly recommend her if somebody is, is looking for any support in that uh, area. She's highly accomplished. But I told her about my one goal program, which was the one thing knocking off the list with my running. And she actually started to recommend it to a lot of her patients now as well, because it is so helpful for people to get back control over their life by by focusing on the self-care routines. And and yeah, I can see it. It's just every day full I, I, marks. I think that there's also a level of simplicity to it, right? Because you totally start out doing all these things on day one. You started with one goal, which was to run one hour a day. No matter Correct. how fast, no matter you know what, but one hour at least. And that's something that it was only you know, yeah. habit that you can easily train on. Totally. And it, it it was like it was purely input driven. So I would only focus on, on the input. It was not like any output that was required. It was just showing up and doing it. That was what I was valuing myself for. So in coaching, it's really interesting because I understand that better right now where I can bring those things back to what do I value? What do I believe? What are my standards? What are my expectations? And you can really simplify that and understand and line yourself up actually. This is, this is, this is maybe a very simple but powerful concept where you think in, in, in terms of who do you need to be to be able to do what you want to do and to have what you want to have in life. And before, I guess, for the longest time, the being and the doing was not really aligned. And now I have, I totally, I am the runner. I identify myself as a world-class runner. That's where I start. And so I start off with, with what identity am I going to demonstrate today with my energy work? And it's going to be the world-class runner. And then I wonder, like, what strength characteristic that's being used in positive uh, psychology, what, what am I going to demonstrate today? And it's going to be discipline and grit. And then how am I going to do it? And, and that's through whatever, a 60-minute or a 90-minute run. But the being and the doing is totally lined up. So the doing becomes so much more easy. Alrighty, let's take a quick breather to thank our sponsor, New Zest, the premium plant-based protein company. I'm aiming for a bit over 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight, which is about 200 grams for me. And it 
It's not always easy to get that from a diet alone, especially when I'm trying to lose weight and I really have to go lean. And I really can't handle too much dairy all too well, which is how I really arrived at my new favorite, the Clean Lean Protein from New Zest. The Clean Lean Protein from New Zest is a high quality, super delicious plant-based protein powder that I can only highly recommend. The New Zest Clean Lean Protein's unique formula is made from premium European golden peas grown in the northern part of France. New Zest offers eight different flavors, which allows for plenty of room to switch things up. For instance, I absolutely love the real coffee flavor pre-workout in the morning for that extra kick without stirring up the pot too much. While the vanilla matcha flavor makes for a great flour substitute in some of my baking recipes. And the best is that not only does the clean lean protein taste great, but it also has a ton of benefits. Each serving has about 18 to 20 grams of protein and contains all nine essential amino acids needed for muscle support and recovery. Exactly what I need to support my active lifestyle and to get closer to reaching my fitness goals. Trust me, give the clean lean protein from Resist a try. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. You can get started with the 10-serving canister of the Clean Lean Protein for only $14.99 plus free shipping. Only available on newzest.us slash 20min. Don't miss out on this great deal. Order now at n-u-z-e-s-t newzest.us slash 20min. newzest.us slash 20min. How do you think that that has changed? You know, like when you look back at like previous years, I mean, you've been still pretty successful, well accomplished, but it seems like that level of accomplishment doesn't really quite compare to the accomplishment you're now experiencing every single day through running and by having this uh, more focused plans in our daily life. Yeah, I think that's a great question, uh, Martin, and I'm I'm happy to answer it. I think initially. I identified my identity was totally built around and my self-esteem was built around being a successful entrepreneur only. And as an entrepreneur, I've experienced uh, the highs and the lows. And um, I, I, I know you and, and Alex and the team can also relate to that. It has been a journey for you guys for six years now. So yeah, I think it's easy that. to fall into, into that connection with your own business being an entrepreneur that the lows and the highs of the business also become your own lows. Totally. Like that level of distance because you sleep and dream about your business and you eat and live at your office to some extent. And if you don't take maybe that distance and have like some own individual personal goals, you don't have that disconnect anymore. And that can be, can be dangerous because, you know, like your own business, as much as you want, will never be a hundred percent under your own control. But there are certain things that you, that are under your control. And I, I think, um, what you're describing is that you really took control of these matters that you have more control over now. Yes. And, it, but in essence, it is also about, I am not my business. And yeah. before I was my business. So my business was good. I was good. My business was bad. I, I felt a failure, you know, deep failure. And interestingly enough, I have also felt those a failure or, or an imposter at the peak of my successes. But it, now I understand that it just didn't line up and it was also single focus. So the fact that when you take care of work 
your energy and your relationships and you identify goals for all three departments on a daily basis, that already puts you on a, or at least did put me on a much more balanced perspective in life. And, and it also really helped me understand that, uh, and I think that possibly also came after becoming a dad. So I became a first time dad when I was 45 years old. I have one daughter, Anna, the love of my life. And I start to understand that, hey, I actually also have a responsibility here. It is not about me wanting to compete against my father or my uncle who is mega successful in business. And it is just me who is going to take care of myself, is going to take care of my needs, and is going to make sure that I feel great every day because that is, at the end of the day, the highest goal. And live long so I can actually support my daughter, but also through my lifestyle and the choices I make, demonstrate excellence. Because my daughter sees me go running every day. Or she hears about my running, sees me doing this. And at the end of the day, I know, Martin, you're also a first-time dad uh, not that long ago. And it is with those kids, it really comes down to leading by example. And it's not so much about what you preach and like what you say, because they just look at what you do. And that's what they want to copy. So I decided that I want to going to spend time on being the best possible version of myself, using that knowledge also to help elevate the game of my family in terms of health and well-being. And and yes, now with, uh, with my coaching practice, I do that professionally as well. And it doesn't, it probably won't surprise you that I'm also working on a new tech project that also includes all these learnings and insights to help people accomplish those goals and skill yeah I, I can really relate to that it's like i guess when, when you when you become a parent you you realize maybe all the things that maybe you didn't have in your childhood and maybe you want to introduce them and do them better than your parents did so you will realize that it's not as easy as you may have thought it would be but when yeah. i look at, back at my own childhood you know like my parents just never really fostered that that sense you know like you know like to exercise you know, like for, for you, for, for, for life, for great health and also for fun. Um, we, we did go hiking, but you know, we never, you know, did anything like running or played, you know, you know, sports. Like my, my dad just wasn't into it and yeah. neither were they into good nutrition and, yeah. and all of that, you know, I had to kind of learn by myself once I left yeah, actually yeah, yeah. my, my parents home. And that really put me at a disadvantage, I would say. So I, I can a hundred percent relate to that. And, when my daughter grows up, I want to be there as well for her and, and show her what, you know, healthy living really means. And on that matter, I'm actually still curious, like whether uh, you change anything else uh, by taking care of yourself, like when it comes to nutrition or when it comes to recovery, uh, a side of passive recovery through sleep. I mean, initially you were training every day. That can be also sometimes a dangerous uh, route to take, uh, yeah. you know, to overtrain and yeah. become injured. Yeah, I, I, I knock on wood here because uh, for the last 15 months, I've had no no serious injury, nothing that, that sort of wiped me out. That's my fear right now, obviously, because it became so ingrained in, uh, in, in, in 
in my formula to create a great day. So I'm very careful now also. And also in, in that sense, I also understand why I do things. So I'm not going to push myself to the brink of, of falling apart because I understand that at this level, what I'm doing is so mentally beneficial for me that ticking a box of a specific goal is never going to replace that. So I really understand why I'm doing this. This is my self-care routine. It is not about me. Like, like the sub-90 goal, that's cream on top of the cake. And I'm confident I'm going to crush it and it's all going to be good, but it's not about that. It's really not about that. It's me who found his formula to create masterpiece days every single day by doing what I'm doing right now. So in terms of what changes, I was also inspired by the Bulletproof Diet from Dave Asprey. So definitely did a thorough kitchen cleaning, very uh, reduced intake of sugar. I, I think I can do a better job with my, my daughter there still because she loves ice creams and then my heart melts and I uh, allow that to happen. But uh, there's more awareness. There's just more awareness around like what is good for my body. And it's also, I ask myself question and like what does my body need and just by asking that simple question i know it doesn't need like a liter of coca-cola it never tells me that that's what i need so funny enough i used to drink coke a lot when i was young they called me the coke kid and it was just even while in college and i would never touch that stuff anymore you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's over. So it's, it's just bring that awareness into, into daily life. I make sure that at home, because I work from home right now. So I make sure that we eat healthy. I buy healthy products if I can, organic. Uh, some of that stuff is a little bit challenging here in China. At the same time, I, uh, I just aim to be conscious about all these aspects, connection, energy work nutrition sleep it's it's really the fundamentals and the interesting part is this mark even with my clients eh, like nine out of ten times in coaching we say the problem is not the problem people show up with a safe problem and they say like oh i'm procrastinating or it's always about something else but the biggest the biggest wins i create with nine out of of my coaching clients is by optimizing the fundamentals because they're just not taking care of those. Yeah, I can, and I, I can definitely repeat. I want that. to I mean, emphasize through, through, that. Through, through, I think in your, I, I think be it in sports or exercise or you know like your own life goals. And I talked to, to this about in, in a recent episode with uh, Lila, my my colleague. Yeah. It's not necessarily about just the goals, and it's great to have goals and you want to work towards something, become better. But I think if the journey is not great, you know, if it's like, you know, like making you miserable every single day, day in, day out, you're doing something wrong. Because at the end of the day, you need to have that quality of life. Even if you have a diet goal, even if you have a performance goal, I, I think your day to day needs to, needs to feel rewarding. And if it doesn't, then I think you're still doing something wrong right and and this is interesting when you look up the motivation equation you will see that motivation is created by four components five components one is the, the the availability of energy but then it's 
am I able to do it? Do I really value it, what I'm doing? And then divide it by how distracted you are and whether or not you get short-term or long-term benefits. And it's very easy with the running for me, for instance, to say like it's about 90 minutes sub goal and that's going to happen six months from now. So my motivation will automatically become relatively low because that comp- component is going to be low. Eh? So when you multiply these things or eh, when you when you look it up, you will see it that sort of the artificial number that comes out becomes significantly smaller. But when you can find the way and connect on a daily basis how that makes you feel and what the benefits are. And so all the benefits for the running are for me, I receive on a daily basis. It's not about the, the, the goals that are six months out. It's focusing on, the, on, on a single day, doing the best I can today. And then because I have an overarching vision, I know when I stack up all those days, I will get there automatically. But the reward is really happening today. Love it. Now, it's our final topic. I want to talk a little bit about body composition. Obviously, it plays yep. a role for running yep. as well, especially if yep. you go long distance. And you're also an early Shapeskill supporter, an investor in the yep. company. So I would love to hear from you. Uh, how do you think Shapeskill could benefit you in your own mind? And how do you think could help you with your training and potentially uh, diet routine? Okay, great question. Love to answer this. I, I had this conversation with my running coach the other day and I pointed him to ShapeScale because I told him they are working on the solution. So the thing is with me, I was a year ago, let's say roughly a year ago, 93 kilos. I'm currently 86, 87. So that is not a massive change. And my running coach is telling me all the time, I said, Carl, with what you are doing right now, because you have some runners that, that run on very little power. My power, I'm, I'm a heavy power runner. Uh, like, and, and you know, the, the, the stride, uh, 350 um, watts. That's, that's quite a bit. That's a lot. And that's, that's a lot. And so he says, you need to lose weight like crazy. And I, I just eat a very modest breakfast. I eat healthy. It's always uh, with some rice, some vegetables, some meat. And so I, I, I think I do everything right there. I don't really overeat, but I'm not losing weight. But at the same time, my legs went from, okay, I have two legs to I feel two bricks of iron yeah. just under my hip. And, and, and so we're talking about that all the time. And, and and that's a conversation I've also had in the past eh, with 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 Alex about that single number weight number is is telling me so little. So I know that I have replaced fat with muscle, and I, I know it because when people see me, they haven't seen me in a couple of months. Say like, wow, what happened to you? And that's only in the last few months. Eh? So in a year time, I mean, yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it, it's, it's transformational to a point that when people see me now, it's like, what the heck have you been doing? What, 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 what is working for you? Tell me more because <laughs> I, I, I totally look different. So your weight may not have changed a whole lot, but you probably gained some lean muscle mass. Totally. You know about it. Yeah. Maybe you've lost some body fat all around. Yeah. The body, you know, Correct. Which, you know, it makes you physically look slimmer. 
yeah. weight may not be able to tell you that. And that is that is just what what I'm looking forward to be able to to track with ShapeScale because obviously that that will further motivate me. Like I I, I use the Stride, I use the the Apple Watch. I also use as a replacement. This might be interesting for listeners that uh, that are running and do intense running. The issue with the, uh, the Apple Watch is that heart rate monitor is not really accurate. Cannot really properly deal with uh, with the spikes. So I'm actually paired with an uh, OH1 heart rate sensor sensor from Polar that you connect with your iWatch, and then that data also for Stride users. Stride is using then that sensor and it's not using your, your Apple Watch. But all those data and also included with the with the shape scale uh, data, I'm really excited about understanding how my body transforms and learning how to further optimize uh, my health. And I think, you know, the nutritional part, I uh, I haven't seen the latest on what you guys are working on there, but I, I if I'm correct, uh, Martin, maybe you can say something that there, that there will also be nutritional advice linked to ShapeSkill. Is that correct? That's more in the longer-term vision. Okay. It's not going to be a V1 material, but we know, right. you know like, eventually, we want to really be able to offer something to shape skill that can almost be, you know, like your personal body coach that yeah. really understands how is your body changing over time and what can you do, you know, in terms of yeah. exercise and nutrition to achieve your goal body or, you know, you know, certain regional body goals that you might have, you know, maybe you do have some performance related goals, maybe want to increase your upper body because you want to have more of that functional strength uh, for yeah. uh, you know, an obstacle course race like the spot yeah. uh, matter or you know yeah. maybe you just really want to slim down to as little as possible body fat and still maintain as much lower body muscles so you can really master those endurance races yeah totally so and and that's one of the things because um, i did the keep trainer you know, rigorously till uh, October. And then I transferred over to single focus on, on running. And my wife says, yeah, your upper body really changed, but I can't really see it. I can see it maybe a little bit, but I, uh, yeah, it would be great. Yeah, and to that, have... that's why we're building shape skill, right? Because like, yeah. that's really the frustration out of which shape skill was born. Like, he, well, A, like you already, you know, mentioned earlier, you step on a scale of the weight, doesn't tell you a whole lot. Body fat is already much more useful. But then when you look at like your entire body, you look at the mirror, you can't really place, you know, where that change has happened exactly. Maybe if, you know, there's been a longer period of time, you can put, you know, two photos, like a before and after photo together and you can kind of see some change. But it's really hard doing that journey part of it, right? Let's say um, I'm, I'm training really hard, uh, like, like you are watching what I eat and I want to see, you know, that change, you know, yeah. after two weeks, after four weeks, and you visually often can't see it until you actually measure it. And you see, you know, maybe the circumference of your calves has changed by 0.2 inches and you can see there's some growth there. Uh, maybe, you know, the volume of your, your quads will have, you know, increased because of some of your workouts. And that's yeah. really like the feedback that you need. Okay. Maybe my weight hasn't changed a whole lot, but I can still see, okay, some areas I've grown and some areas I've lost. Like in my own case, like I've been doing a lot of upper body workouts yeah. and I've actually physically increased in size around my upper body. 
but my lower body has actually gone a little bit down. And then this quarter, actually, I'm trying to <laughs> prevent any further muscle loss around my legs. Um, obviously, yeah. I was doing a whole lot more cycling and running last year before our daughter was born. But now I can compensate somewhat through through strength exercises. So I'm trying to mix in more of these. And then through ShapeScale, I can really see early on, okay, this is actually working. You know, like I can maintain size around my legs. I think that's so important because especially with exercise, which is a long game. Eh? You know, certain things you can get, maybe maybe you can get the dopamine hit and the, and the feel-good factor, but visual, visually, it is just a slow game you're playing. Yeah, that's and right. without without precision tools, it becomes so difficult whether or not you're actually making progress. And for me, my upper body has always been sort of weaker part. And yeah, it's 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 extremely slow in uh, in development, even last year when I put a lot of effort into it. So understanding through shape scale that it's actually happening would definitely keep me on the path of keep on doing it. Whereas if you don't have that feedback mechanism, it is very easy to drop off. Yeah, it's like imagine you go for a run and uh, you wouldn't know your pace, you wouldn't know your running power. You know, one day you have maybe more wind than another, and you know it feels or you feel more tired than another because you didn't have as much yeah. sleep, and it feels so much tougher. You can't really put your finger down to it whether you're actually running slower or faster because it's Correct. Yeah, totally. And it's really interesting because um, I also use a software app application tool called uh, Training Speak, or basically my coach used that, and and he often sends me also the data about about my my uh, improvements, you know, my fitness levels, and and otherwise I would have never known that my fitness levels would have been sort of doubled in the last uh, six months. Wow. And, and and I know on the, on the Apple, um, the, the iPhone, there's also like an algorithm that uh, calculates your uh, estimated VO2 max, you know, like all those data points. Yeah, I would have never known that. I, I, I know about VO2 max, and uh, but it's it's really motivated with VO2 max, according to the iPhone. I'm at uh, 54 right now. And yes, it is. It becomes it becomes like the the the, the game you're playing by by the data you get. Uh, get yeah, I think back if you to, like those comparison benchmarks, right? Uh, yes, you get to max of 54. That must place you like in the top five percent or something like that. I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's definitely you know like uh, ideally. Uh, I think uh, athletic or maybe even professionals uh, are. You know, around 60. So again, this is, this is an artificial VO2 max calculation. So probably, uh, just for fun, gonna, gonna do a test, uh, in a couple, couple, uh, the next few months just to, to, to get that benchmarking as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just encouraging having those, those, uh, data points. And, uh, I can't wait for the shape scale to see, uh, the, the light of day. So I'm, uh, I'm very grateful for, for you, Alex, the team, and the persistence you guys are having for over the last six years to figure this out. It's amazing. It's been a, it's been a long journey. We're, we're, we're excited that we can start shipping this year. It's going to hopefully not change just our life, but also the lives of you know, our customers. And that's, that's exciting you know, like to be part yeah, of that journey. Totally. Um, and, 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 and you can be so proud of what you 
guys are ready to accomplish because uh, it 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 takes a character or a team with character to be able to um, uh, work through all the, the this whole journey. And I really really applaud you for uh, for what you already have accomplished. Yeah, it's definitely not been an easy route to take, <laughs> and I can definitely not advise anyone to ever try and build hardware and you know, a software service around that. It's it's definitely very challenging. Yeah. Um, but listen, Carol, yeah. I, I want to finish yeah. off today's podcast with the lightning round. So I have a few yeah. questions for you. And I don't want Excellent. you to think too hard about any of them. I just yeah. want you to give me a top of your mind a uh, quick answer yeah. to, to all of that. Sounds good? Excellent. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, number one, which one piece of gear you wouldn't want to leave the house with? Running shoes. And... Next question. What are your go-to running shoes? Currently, Nike Alpha Flies and uh, the yeah the Alpha Flies. They're they're great. And what's been your hardest run ever? February twenty-one, two thousand and twenty-one. My uh, my first real attempt to uh, to run sub ninety minutes of marathon. And your best run ever, and why? That was also the best run. <laughs> great, uh, because it was really, really hard. I was uh, fortunate to have a few pacers uh, with me that uh, put me on the path, but it was, it was, it was really tough. And uh, do you have a favorite go-to training run that you take on a regular basis? Yeah, I every day run along the Huangpu River here in Shanghai, and it's amazing. It is twenty-five kilometers of painted, perfect running trail so it is amazing it takes me 25 minutes to get there but it's always worth it i just like love going there and we already talked a little bit about running tech but do you have any favorite running tech yeah i think the stride pod is phenomenal um understanding my critical powers really the first half marathon i ran with that i was able to run it it based on the plan we set out to the t and that was just amazing that was a great feeling and your favorite book uh, around health and fitness? Favorite book around health and fitness? I, I, I think, ultimately, I think still uh, why we sleep. Because I think sleep is is so instrumental in, uh, in such a game changer around self-care. And what's your go-to running snack? Pre, during, and after? I never eat while I run. I don't really, I, I don't snack actually. So there, there, there's really nothing. I drink water sometimes uh, afterwards. I might have vitamin water, but that's basically it. At, at a half marathon pay distance, nutrition is really not not a big uh, thing to take care of. That becomes a strategy when you do a, a full marathon. Besides food, is there like anything you treat yourself with after a really long run? Then, funny enough, there is a there's a French bakery mid running trail. So sometimes I buy myself a baguette and then I run with it for 5k back to the car. And then when I, when I go back home, I might, I might eat, you know, a little bit of a baguette with some, uh, some cheese. I'm trying to picture you right now running from Shanghai with a baguette in your arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and then sometimes I bring for my daughter a chocolate croissant because I know she loves that stuff. So, uh, guilty pleasures. And what do you do when you're sore? Any favorite piece of recovery gear? Yeah, it's a foam rolling. Actually, I have a soft and a hard foam roller, and uh, and I have a, a a hard ball that I use to uh, to sort of self massage, and uh, and that works really really well. Classic. 
And so no, I'm, I'm basically never yeah. sore. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. I mean, you already mentioned that you were never really injured so far. Um, but was there ever a time where you're doing which you couldn't run? Not really. I mean, like very brief, maybe a few days. It was like, uh, like uh, you know, a specific muscle that was tight. I uh, bone rolled it for one or two days. And then uh, I was uh, I was good. So, you know, I, I'm fortunate. Knock on, knock yeah. on wood. That, knock uh, on wood. Crossing my fingers and keep it up like that because that's awesome. <laughs> Too many runners had to drop out because of some injuries, and it's the most frustrating thing ever because it really knocks you out of your game because you have a really Correct. good routine going, and then suddenly you can't run. Uh, in some cases, I also know some friends barely even walk, and that's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully keep nothing's going to happen, and you can keep it up. And I, I think, like you said, you know, earlier warm up is definitely key. And stretching. Yeah. Yeah. Foam rolling that you do surely will also help. And of course, yeah. Um, yeah. okay. Yeah, listeners, uh, that's going to do for today. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Carol. Carol from Appledorn, I really appreciate your time today. There were so many things our listeners could take away from here, both in fitness, but also in life. It was an absolute pleasure to, uh, to talk to you uh, today, Martin. And uh, I wish you and the team all the success in the coming months to to bring the product to light and have uh, have your uh, your day in the limelight that people can finally benefit from your work and uh, yeah thanks again to uh, to allow me to share my story uh, with your audience today thank you much appreciate it all right bye okay bye well listeners that's gonna have to do it for today there was certainly so much to learn here from carol and if anything, it's super admirable to see how consistent Carol has been since he started. So many try to establish new habits and then fail to really keep at it. There's always something that comes up and then comes in between. But no, Carol, he really stuck with it, which is awesome. And you can really see how he's been improving over time. And just like any other form of sport or exercise, you really need to have consistency and the right amount of training load essential to become really great at it. And I also really liked how focused Carol has become. I can really see how it pays off to not just make time to get your exercise done every single time, every single day, but to also plan and prioritize the day ahead, which, you know, like which items you really want to check off the next day. And as a fellow entrepreneur and exercise nut, I can only relate to the feeling that you get from that, you know, that feeling of achievement when you've not just completed your daily workout, but also some important to-dos. It truly elevates your entire day, believe me. Anyways, I, I leave it at that. We make sure to link back to some of the books and other resources that Carol has mentioned right on our full show notes, which you can find at 20minute.fitness. Thanks again to our sponsors, New Zest and Shape Skill for supporting the show. I'm Martin Kessler, and 20 Minute Fitness is mixed by Lila Lasso and produced by Shape in San Francisco. See you in two weeks for another part of our transformation series, which will be all about nutrition. <laughs>